Are you good? Here to I am, Chalala. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how you know it's good to go. <laughs> I do make that noise occasionally when I've been eating Indian food. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> Hey everyone! Oh, I can tell we got a rowdy crowd tonight because we had a good weekend. I want to say, let's start with in in uh, order of appearance tonight. The first one showing up, it's Stumpy John. Hey, Stumpy. What? I guess I'm supposed to embrace. I'm supposed to embrace this uh, moniker now, huh? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I have stuff. You should punch you know. lies in the mouth. Look, if your name was Can like Owen, naked? we wouldn't have to put anything before it. You'd just be Owen. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, I'm gonna be naked, Stumpy John. How's that? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's okay. Um, let's see who was next to arrive. I think it was Douglas. Hey, hello. Hey, how are you? Um, well, thank you. And then I believe it was everyone's favorite ginger in the house. It's Bagel. I used a nut splitter for the first time this week. Ouch. Oh, ouch. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's the way he walks. Does it come in in large, Bagel? It goes up to about uh, three quarters of an inch, I think. (laughs) Speaking of uh, nut splitters, it's Naked Jim. Hey, I just got my new from the Netherlands, my new... Betty Page calendar. Hey, look at that. Still in the plastic. God, I can't believe she's still doing photo shoots and she looks good. She looked great. She looks good. (laughs) It's perfect for the garage. I agree. And then, of course, coming in last only because she's been very, very busy. It's Miss Emma. Hello, darling. Hello. 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 Busy Busy Emma. Busy Emma. Diligent. Are you a busy, busy beaver, would they say? My beaver is busy, darling. <laughs> Other parts of my anatomy as well. <laughs> oh, my heck. All right. And then joining us live in studio with me, if you're watching video, it's my good friend and business partner and just my adopted sister. It's Michelle. Hey, everybody. Hi. Hey, hey. Hi. Yeah, well, we got a lot to talk about about Michelle, but first we got we got so much else to catch up on. Um, hey everyone, I hope you're having a great weekend. We I think we've been busy. Great riding weather, great wrenching weather, stuff going on. Um, Michelle's here visiting. I've been taking her out around Santa Cruz. You have. You've you, been spoiling me rotten with the tour guide services. Yeah, we haven't ridden yet. We're gonna get there. But one of my favorite things is I took her up to the to the Redwoods yesterday, and I kept saying it. Just remember, you got to keep looking on the ground, looking all over for these long yellow slugs. They're called banana slugs. And she's like, Here, is this like one of those made-up things? <laughs> is, you know? It's like <laughs> your version of the Sasquatch. Weird. Yeah. Is this like Sasquatch? It's it? Sasquatch. And I'm like, yeah, what? I'm not falling for it. Whatever. And I turned, to, I turned oh. to some strangers. I'm like, tell her banana slugs are real. And they're like, oh, certainly. Keep an eye on the ground for them. They're big and yellow. 
She said, you guys are all in on it. I'm totally calling bullshit. <laughs> all the tourists, it's a gag. I know. <laughs> all the tourists get sucked into it. All the locals know the, j- the jam. It's, yeah, no. I'm not falling for it. <laughs> and sure enough, what did we find on the trail? A banana slug. <laughs> That's right. Oh, yeah. Did, did you kiss it? That was the question. <laughs> I'm really grateful to say I did not fall for that part. I yet. tried. She tried to I get tried. me to lick it. Lick it. That's what she said, land. lick it. Do then some that. other hikers came by and they're like, don't, don't lick it. I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> I, I cannot believe. I missed out on this. What the hell is this licking slug? Oh. I'm extremely ill doing that. <laughs> oh, no. It'll at least make your it's tongue a go tradition. Down. Doug, you've tried it, haven't you? Well, actually. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, actually, uh, touching them is not good for their skin. They have secretions and our oils don't mix well with it. So when... Well, I mean, it's awfully nice of you to think about the slug, but what about your fucking slug? I mean, you know, if you're sticking a slug in your mouth, I mean, God, what, did I, what is I didn't say I did it. When you kiss it, is it meant to turn into a prince who goes to UCSC or something? I think it's an urban legend. No, you find your you find your third eye. <laughs> yeah. Not your brown eye, your third eye. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> no. See, this is a visual joke, so people will have to wait until... The video comes out, but you've got left ear, right ear, new front ear. (laughs) Got me with that when I bought my truck. (laughs) And uh, I um, sent a lot of people into a panic today, accidentally. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, I was playing in all the wrong places. <laughs> I was playing with my Quinn helmet, which if you recall is set up to send an alert to anyone if you get in an accident. Did you drop your helmet? Like- no. Because I think Bagel's been playing with his helmet as well, hence the nut splitter. (laughs) (laughs) No, I was playing with the app on my phone trying to figure out if it's uh, possible to um, sync up to other uh, people and do helmet to helmet. And I was pressing different buttons, trying to find menu option or something. And I pressed a little icon that turns out to be the SOS alert send. (laughs) So everyone in my list got this SOS alert, Liza's in an accident. Some of my people on the list were like sightseeing in San Francisco or like, oh, Oh, shit, (laughs) trying to reach me. And I wasn't answering my phone because it was in my pocket. (laughs) And I'd like to say that. Everybody on my list did respond to see if I was okay, except for one. <laughs> Who would do that? That's Jim! Jim! <laughs> I know better. I know yeah. Better. You're playing with your gadgets. Your little monkey mind was at work. Monkey with the symbols. Playing with your gadgets. <laughs> you love your gadgets. It works, though. You found out. <laughs> yeah, successful test test run yeah test run exactly. you take off the list <laughs> <laughs> take off the will Doug, when people don't have someone to complain to they stop complaining <laughs> that's your top tip of the day that's right you you are a work in government you would know that yeah that's also why i send you i send you my sos message from the toilet <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly 
Well, and Emma, you weren't here at the garage today because you were doing something else. And I felt absolutely terrible about it. And if it wasn't as important as it is, I would have been there. You know, I want you to know it's an absolute last resort when I am not at the garage. Um, but I was at, who wants to chat with me? Hang on. Nobody. <clears throat> Keep talking. Really? Really. Okay. <laughs> I I was. <laughs> that I gentleman was at, in Russia. Yes. I was at my workshop. <clears throat> yeah. Because really? I now have the keys. Yay. Oh, excellent. Um, and it's. As, I, as I've told everybody many times in the past, basically I've inherited an empty box. And it's not just an empty box, it's brand new construction empty box. So everything needs to be painted. And I said to the landlord, I said, look, put up drywall, put up um, plywood, whatever you want. That's on your dime. Painting, it's on my dime. So um, he did everything as I wanted, and it's a beautiful room. It's absolutely fantastic, but it needs painting. And when you're painting something that's 40 feet long, 20 feet wide, and 14 feet high, it's quite a task. Oh, what, so, what shade of pink are you painting it? Um, I'm doing everything in battleship gray, which I think is entirely appropriate for the mood I'm in. <laughs> um, but... Um, it's it's a very industrial space. It's absolutely brilliant. I love it. Oh, I have Congratulations. a I have a big Thank banner. You. Would you like a big Indian motorcycle banner? I would love a big Indian motorcycle banner. Yeah, I have one that they because gave me. Because I'm only going to specialize in foreign and domestic. That's all I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm not going to do anything else aside from foreign and domestic. That's what That's I do good. with beer. I get it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's good to Specialist, have Specialist, you see. You won't pay more elsewhere. So um, I know you have a lot of work to do. <laughs> oh, Emma, are you, up, you? <laughs> are you uh, accepting uh, donations in the form of labor at your shop? Um. Yes. Yes and no. Um, <laughs> okay. It's kind of like foreign and domestic. <laughs> well, yes and no. It's it's out too much of a task for me. Yeah. It's it's a it's a way too big a task for me. Over the course of this week coming up, tomorrow morning, to give you an idea of the timeline, all the primer is in on the room. Tomorrow morning, I'm going to go in and do the the final coat, which is the battleship gray. Then I can actually start moving my stuff in. And if I could get some help from people, just I've got a giant counter. I've got a giant showcase. I've got my lathe that's going in. I've got my workbench that's going in. These are like 500 pound pieces and I've got no help at all. So, um, yeah, if anybody, it's spring break. If anybody yeah. would like to help me, I would dearly dearly love help and lunch is on me um count me in i'll give you a hand Ooh. yeah do you want to come up tomorrow jim yeah it'll have to be uh later in the day but sure and then i'm i'll look at the rest of my calendar for the rest of the week but yeah, yeah just check out. in but yeah sure. i mean people can kind of come and go as they please i mean i tend to go in in the morning <laughs> roll the door goes up and then i'm backwards and forwards because there's nothing in there right now can can um, i just come by for the free lunch yeah of course you can okay good 
Of course you can. Dry bread and water. I hope you enjoy it. I didn't specify what the free lunch is. <laughs> well, we had a lot of fun today. And you know, well, I knew you would because I wasn't there. You know, it's fun when the mini bike comes out. Oh God! Yes. So we had we were setting up. Uh, I think Jim's the one who really ramped it up. I put up the little merry-go-round that we're doing, and then Jim was like, "We need teeter totter." <laughs> you know. Yeah, well, I think I think John John had a hand in that too. But yeah, it was it was fun. You know, it's fun to do those little skills things, and you know, people are always kind of checking out, like, "Oh, that doesn't look that hard. I could do that." And then you try oh, it. It's yeah, and it's good practice. It really, it's it's pretty fun to do. You know, and it, it is, and it just reminds me how much. I mean, all, all the people who were doing it in the garage, trying it out, doing these little uh, course that we set up, and you see how many people aren't looking where you need to look, and you realize that not everybody has that training or remembers the training that they've had, and just doing little stuff in a parking lot with a mini bike can refocus your brain on where to look. And when you tell somebody, you see them struggling, and then you tell them exactly where to focus and look, and then they do it smooth. It's pretty cool. And we had... Yeah, I was... We had... I was at a... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I was at Hollister today with Mike and his friend, and um, we were in the playground area, kind of the trials area, and they have a bunch of lumber there. They're building some walls and doing Mm -hmm. some cool stuff there, actually. But someone had laid out a few two-by-fours kind of end-to-end, I think three of them actually. So when we were playing in the trials area on the teeter totter there, uh, started just riding two by fours, you know, the whole length doing that. So I was kind of in that mindset when I showed up to the garage was yeah. because I'll tell you what, that just riding on two by fours, that teaches you a lot for the oh, teeter totter yeah. in even more, you know? And we just had one sort of casualty of the mini bike. Uh-oh. It was pretty epic. Uh, Josh had come down. I mean, you remember Josh with the uh, DRZ, Yep. Uh, and, and his other bike that you helped him fix. Um, he, he, he went off the side of the, the teeter totter and went head first into the bushes. <laughs> which oh, is, no. He a got a, he too. got a round of applause from everyone. <laughs> it was a pretty yeah. good one. He's a good sport about it. But Emma, that, uh, DRZ that you helped him with, there's an update. He brought in the, uh, the cylinder head because he was out on a ride and the, uh, main shaft nut came off and his uh timing chain jumped and he somehow luckily douglas saw it he knows may had did no damage to the that we can tell from the valves ahead the sleeve anything it all looked good it just seemed to like slip and everything goes slack that is amazing yeah so he's that- getting his chain got all kind of bunched up he's getting a new chain and gonna replace some stuff when he's in there but um we looked at it. Other than some like carbon buildup on the valves, there was nothing. Great. Yeah, it was pretty. He he got lucky, except for he had to then walk. Was it twelve miles? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> twelve miles because he was riding with people, but he was like he didn't want to be a burden. He's like, go ahead. Oh, man. Like they got him. They got him to like the road because they were off road riding. But, um, Remind me, I mean, uh, there's been so many um, distressed DRZ 400s at the garage yeah. lately. Remind me his. When did it come down? Uh, remember, he brought down the two bikes, uh, one that yes. had really bad news, and then this one that wasn't as bad news. And like, Yeah, but this yeah. one turned into bad news. <laughs> yeah, it turned into bad news. Yeah, he came quite a distance, didn't he? Is yeah. he in Martinez? Yeah. Or yeah. Crocker, yeah. East Bay. Crocker. Yeah. 
Yeah, but he came down and brought a friend and, and had a good time today. Um, another uh, cool thing that happened this weekend, there was races. Who watched the races? John, I think you and John Jim. Watched races. You guys yeah. want to give us an update on the races? Sure, John. Yeah, I'll start, start with Moto2. Moto2. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I was super excited about Moto2 this year because there's a Cam Bobier who was the five-time AMA Motor America champion mm-hmm. is uh, is riding Moto2 this year. So I wanted to see how he did, how he's going to do. And then there's another American rider, Joe Roberts, uh, who's there. So um, both of them had really good showings. I was really impressed. So Cam started in the fifth row and uh, worked his way up to uh, to 11th place by the end. So he's well in the points. Do we still have no American riders in GP right now? Nobody right now. Yeah, that's crazy. Australians yeah. does that count kind of a little bit <laughs> it's close enough but then uh Joe Roberts had a great show too he came in seventh I believe sixth mm-hmm. or seventh so both the guys did great I was super I mean, the race wasn't I mean the, the best race was sort of back in the pack not not in the front because um Alex Lowe took it took it pretty by like two seconds but yeah great to have racing back man I'm super excited I'm cheering on Cam and uh and Joe this year we'd love to have another Nikki Hayden rise up and Jim, what did you see? That would be cool. I'm going to watch that later tonight, John. Uh, I just watched MotoGP, so I watched the big boys race, and uh, and it was great. You know, I'm not going to mention anything about the race in case some people haven't watched it. But um, it's I, you know if you if if you haven't watched it, I encourage you to watch it. You know, it's a little steep to get the the season pass for it. Well, you but, said um, somebody somebody without naming somebody's out. You said right. Well, Marquez is still out. I think okay. John or someone mentioned he's going to be back in a couple of races. <laughs> okay. So later in the season, I think Marquez is going to come back. And who knows what happens when that that happens. But right now, it's still anybody's game. It was made for really exciting racing today. Um, you know, a lot of lot of, lot of racing in the pack, like John alluded to. But um, And a great finish. So, um, yeah, uh, first race of the season. They were in Qatar, Qatar, whatever. Um, and a lot of fun. So, yeah, I'm, I'm stoked racing's back. And. It'll be fun to watch Moto too. It's nice to see some Americans back in the racing. And so, you, you, check it I'll out. spoil it for you. <laughs> you guys have your is it? How's it working? And you have a membership, and you can watch it online. Yeah, yeah. I, it's a it's a yearly pass. I think it's yeah. like down 170 bucks or something like that. So it's yeah. steep. You but, can do a monthly month to month too. And it is, but it, the amount of content they give you is amazing. Yeah. I mean, you get the, the racing in high def, which if you watch it on a big flat screen, is awesome. Um, yeah. but then there's also different screens you can watch. You can set it up to watch different ways and they have all sorts of other stuff like tech stuff and just interviews. And it's really, it's, it's money well spent in my opinion. You can go down there's way the, more than, than just the racing down yeah. the rabbit hole. <clears throat> well, um, Michelle, I wanted to catch up with you a bit. Uh, you've been to Santa Cruz before for a little bit, but you're getting the, the whole treatment. And this was the first time you got to spend the day at the garage with everyone. How was that for you? It was amazing. It's a really, really cool community that you've got. A lot of um, just, you know, all kinds of different bikes, all kinds of different people, and just tons of laughter and and community. And yeah, really supportive. It's a great vibe. So it was really cool. I mean, obviously, I listen to the podcast, and I get to see some of the videos, YouTube videos, and all the fun stuff. But to be there live and in person was even better. We should have done some chariot racing then. I know. I told her about it. <laughs> I got to ride the mini. So, hey. <laughs> I know, dude. The parking lot. Oh, we, the, yeah. The, I showed her the parking lot. It was empty yesterday. I'm like, oh, mm. chariot racing. 
Uh, and we had dogs there. Little spent the day, and and Charger oh. came by with Terry and yeah, Charger. I haven't <clears> seen those guys in a long time. You got to see the whole kind of all the characters, and there were two people actually getting stuff done. Charlie seems to be really fortunate with that uh, race bike that he bought. That everything seems to be looking good and in spec, and he's just getting it all tip top and changing out fluids and all that. And Adrian uh, came down and changed out tires. Uh, other than that, there was just a lot of just like hanging out, did, shooting the did shit. Did Charlie get that bike running again? I think it's all back together. Yeah. Okay. So now good. he's just working on like coolant and brake fluid right. and just doing stuff like that. Um, Michelle, though, isn't it, it? It's fun when you just see like all the people who just kind of come and and not just that, but one of the things I love is that um, like when Josh plop down his drz head and you get like five people standing around all kind of giving their input and this and that and advice and it's that's what's so great about this is everybody has something to offer to help one another it's fun it was a lot of fun yeah i mean there's yeah, josh and his uh josh and his buddy had a great time there his friend was commenting like this was really fun because they were doing the little truck the little you know skills competitions and all that <laughs> kind of stuff it was fun. It'd been a while, you know, with the whole COVID and everything. So yeah, Michelle brought a good vibe. Thank you. I don't know that it was me. It's you guys, but I was really happy to get to see it. It was a lot of fun. Um, I wanted to um, get to know uh, Michelle a little bit better. She's got, uh, you know, a long history in writing. Michelle, do, you were on our show before, weren't you? Uh, Were you? No. Have you never? <gasps> I've never. This is my first. You never tour. have. So <laughs> Michelle and, and I. She's an author too. <laughs> I know. Well, not just that, you guys. Shameless plug. She's also on another podcast. <laughs> Shameless plug. Yeah. What? I I know. I'm so sorry, but I'm not. I'm having fun on that too. So hey. Which is? <laughs> that is Adventure Writer Radio Raw podcast. Yes. It's uh, Adventure Writer Radio does a, a roundtable. They're bringing on a lot of their people who have been guests on the show, like world travelers who give a lot of advice on stuff. What was the last topic you guys talked about? Doing around the world stop and start. So doing around the world trip, but mm -hmm. doing it like every six months, you'd go home for six months, stash your bike and then come back and pick up the route and keep moving on. It was really fun. Nice. But I want to go back to your beginnings because Michelle comes from a very special place in the motorcycle industry. I do. I was born and raised in Sturgis. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> wow. Not many people can say they're from Sturgis. Michelle, what would you say is the most common type of motorcycle seen in and around Sturgis? Um, you mean just a Harley Davidson? That's <laughs> Any right. Any Harley Davidson, <laughs> yeah. And what an, a great opportunity to give a plug to one of our sponsors, FixMyHog.com. If you have a Harley and you want to work on it, maybe you want to save some money or maybe you just want to empower yourself and learn how to do it yourself, fixmyhog.com is a great place to go. So they have this amazing offer. You can sign up for Fix My Hog premium membership with an exclusive Motorcycles and Misfits deal and you get a full year for this premium membership for only, does everyone remember how much it is? Three dollars. There it is. That's right. It's at ninety six percent off the normal price. So you go to go dot fixmyhog dot com slash 
Misfits. And take advantage of this great offer. The discount will automatically be applied at checkout. And when you're there, you can join a community of passionate riders like Michelle, who are committed to mastering their wrenching skills. And a premium membership will also get you access to hundreds of full-length instructional videos, which are led by master Harley-David technicians. And that's what's great about it. It's not just like reading a step-by-step. It's video instruction on how to do everything, which really comes in handy. I know myself when I'm reading instructions, I don't always quite understand what I'm looking for or at. And this makes it easy. So their their videos are focused on helping you develop new wrenching techniques and getting you inspired to complete new projects. So go to go.fixmyhog.com slash misfits and join. I just dialed in on the ninja phone. <laughs> <laughs> but Michelle, you're from Sturgis and Jim and I got to come up and, and visit you Um at your motel we talk about the chalet motel in custer yeah and do some writing i had no idea how great the writing is there i think both jim and i were blown away and that makes me really yeah, happy because totally. you guys have incredible writing around here so for you to say that is is a compliment yeah i mean it it's home to the sturgis rally for a reason there's so many great roads so many great great loop rides um, you know, on-road, off-road, twisties, hills. Buffalo. Yeah, buffalo, that's right. <laughs> Do not approach the buffalo. That's right. So, no, I'm just going to back up a bit because I'm very interested in this hotel, Michelle. Oh, oh yeah. I'm yeah. very interested in this, mo- in this hotel. Did you ever have to throw anybody out for <laughs> banky? For hanky panking. Oh god. Not at this one. So I Okay, have, very good. I've been a hotel manager for twenty five, almost thirty years. And I've done plenty of evictions and <laughs> seen a lot of crazy stuff. We won't go into detail here. It's not for the faint of heart. Um yes. but at my particular motel, no, I have not. It's a classy joint. Uh <laughs> well, <laughs> <laughs> there are freestanding cabins. There's no shared walls, so it's a little more forgiving. You if know? you think, oh, oh, ah. <laughs> if you qualify muffins wrapped in cellophane as classy, then yes, yeah, that's right. Okay, <laughs> beautiful well, I do. and that's not a well, euphemism. I call them casita. I call them casitas. They're, I think the most, right. the, cra- the most dangerous thing you have to deal with there is just the hail. Yeah, <laughs> that is a fact. That's yeah. yeah, it's wicked. We the weather have, there is no joke. Man. It is no joke, and it rolls up out of nowhere. So when you're out riding someplace right. and you come around a corner, there will be tall hills to the west, and you won't see a storm coming. And all but, of a sudden, you'll be in a downpour and a flash flood. Wow. Or you know, we do I'm tend a- to get spoiled here, as as you quite rightly point out, Michelle. The riding here is fantastic. I hope Liza gives you the opportunity to come down towards my neck of the woods on Highway 1, um, right down to Big Sur and back. It's it's among the most beautiful in the world. Mm-hmm. I would love that. I've ridden it before, on actually right. on Liza's KLR, as a matter of fact. Oh, fair enough. A couple of years oh, of ago. of course you did. Yeah. Um, I'd do it again in a heartbeat as far as I can get until the road quits. I've heard there's a block. You know, block. it's very yeah. much here. It's a two-season climate. I mean, we have n- days like today and cold dreary days and that's it and that's well, really hold on, on. remember somebody from south dakota when you use the word cold 
It's a completely <laughs> different definition. Relative Our cold, drear days, it's 52 degrees, now, and we're complaining. You are very much <laughs> as part of a four-season climate, aren't you? I mean, yeah. what's the riding season? When can you start riding? Is it around now, or are we still a little early? No, so it's a little bit different, and this is very, very techy as far as South Dakota goes, but... I live. I moved to Custer, and Sturgis is actually 75 miles north of me. And in Sturgis, I, we're in Rapid City, the lower hills. I could actually start, I could ride almost every month of the year, but I had to do it right after the snowplow went by and be very selective, like legitimately go out and start my bike and go around the block. Um, but riding season, pretty good weather for riding from April through October or November. But about okay. four or five months, you can't be out. Now, in Custer, I'm 2,000 feet higher yeah. in altitude, and I can get a foot of snow in mid to late May, and it snows early September. So it's a different ball game. just that 75-mile that difference. Right. And I think yeah. one of the things we were really impressed, besides all the I mean, great riding, which obviously, like any, any kind of bike, cruiser, anything, can enjoy the rides. Um, Jim, how many miles of dirt roads did you discover there in the Black Hills? Well, I think, I, and Michelle, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think there's well over 3,000 miles of <laughs> yeah. dirt roads available to people there. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think I'm trying to remember how many dual sport miles I did. And it was, a, I don't know, it was, I know I did a thousand that whole trip. So it had to have been seven or, or 800 just in Custer or around the Black Hills. Right. It's endless. And it's the, the beauty is mind numbing. I mean, it's beautiful here, but out there it, it's so vast we hit it when the wildflowers were blooming yeah um oh God, I can it, it's, it, it's just amazing but the writing is just endless is this blm land or state land or private it, land it's federal forest service so it's national forest but there's blm yep. tracks of land around too um okay so it's it's a mix but most of it is federal but it's available forest service. for riding absolutely yeah wow. and it's it's very watch out for <laughs> yeah watch out for what the, the, the cows, yeah. especially <laughs> the big hairy ones. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the big hairy ones with the humpbacks are oh, the worst too. <laughs> they're, they're like dinosaurs. My God, those things. Right. It's great. I mean, I would I would go back there again in a heartbeat. That was some of the some of the the most fun dual sport riding as far as varied terrain climates. It goes from super dry to wet, like almost like a an African savanna. It's so dry in some places, and then other times it's sunset. Like no joke, the fish are jumping, eating bugs. It's, yeah. <laughs> gorgeous. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I would mean, encourage anyone to go stay at the chalet. Yay. Thank you. Let uh, Michelle be your guide to the magical Black Hills. Just, you know, the, the places like the Dakotas, really anywhere in the middle, Ohio is glorious in the summertime. But what stops me from venturing that way is, I mean, just these brutal winters. <laughs> you become acclimatized to California so quickly i mean i grew up in a four season climate i mean britain it doesn't get cold like you get cold um but it snows you get ice um, maybe on a couple of the weeks of the year but it's very much four season um and i got used to california in a week (laughs) (laughs) i can i can say uh yeah the older i get the more i agree with you the less i like shoveling but I, i i grew up with a mix than a vehicle. So I snowmobiled as much as I motorcycled. Ah. And I actually had a snowmobile. And so all those same trails and roads that Jim's talking about, which are fantastic for summer bike riding and trails, they're oh, perfect fantastic. for snowmobiling in the winter. And they're a blast. Right. So you make right. the most I of it. I remember 
Liza posting a picture because, you know, we tend to think of snowmobiles, certainly here in coastal California, as these uh, kind of rinky dink things with no. all started. You know, it's all. And she went into a dealership yeah, and she's with on you. this thing. That was at my that place. Yeah. Easily the <laughs> most amazing piece of machinery I have ever seen. Yeah. And probably 20,000 bucks worth. Oh, yeah. And they're amazing. So it's like 12 feet long. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I know. They were cool. But I wanted to take advantage of having Michelle here and talking a minute about Sturgis. Sturgis is, uh, you know, it's a, what, when is it, July? No, first, first full week in August, every year. August. As we've known, it's been going on for how many years? This will be the 81st. And how many have you attended? Probably 30-some. Yeah, okay. okay. You could say she's pretty pretty uh, much a pro at this. Um. It's controversial holding a big event like Sturgis during COVID. It's not completely safe yet. Um, So I figured this is a great opportunity to have someone like Michelle to give us advice for anyone wanting to go this summer and what to do, what to not do, and how to navigate and be more safe, but still have fun at an event like this. So Michelle, what are some of like the highlights, the absolute you must do things at the Sturgis bike rally gosh um well I think without doubt everybody has to go to Main Street and Main Street is where you really get the vibe the feel of it you see all the pictures online of all the rows of bikes parked um and you're in the heart of it then it's uh it's something that I think everybody should see and experience Sturgis is is pretty special just because I'm I'm a believer in the legacy of something being around for 80-some years, and that's pretty cool in and of itself. Um, a lot of people come for the riding, so there are very specific rides, Needles Highway, Iron Mountain Road, um, which actually are closer to Custer where I live. Those are amazing twisty rides. We're actually kind of calling Iron Mountain Road, it's like the Western version of the Tale of the Dragon. Mm-hmm. I think there's something like 319 curves in 11 miles or 7 miles or whatever it is, so... Yeah. Um, The riding is special. Being on Main Street is special. A lot of people go to um, Custer State Park, to the Badlands, to Devil's Tower. There's a lot of traditional events. There's on Wednesday of the rally what they call Ham and Jam, (laughs) which is a feed, a barbecue feed. Do you have to bring toast? Bands. No, no, they'll feed you. Oh, okay. (laughs) And that's over actually by Devil's Tower in Hewlett, Wyoming. So it's just across the state line. Um can we go back? Devil's Tower yeah. was f- gained international fame as the setting for the finale of Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Mm-hmm. That's right. And it really does look like that, doesn't it? It really yeah. does. Yeah, Jim and I went there on our trip last summer. It was crazy looking. Yeah. It was funny. We started playing the uh, Close Encounters soundtrack. <laughs> as we're driving up to it. It was My awesome. favorite scene in that whole movie is is where Richard Dreyfus makes it out of his mashed potatoes. Mashed potatoes, potatoes in a trash can. Yes. That's amazing. This means something. <laughs> That's right. So you'd say like the, doing all the day rides, stuff like that. The best, the day rides are really what Sturgis is known for. Because so you can actually come out for the week of the rally and ride a different loop road, ride some stunning twisties, go to different parks and have a different ride every day of the week for, you know, for sure a week or 10 days, the length of the rally and longer if you wanted to. 
And what are some of the other things? Do you have to like, is it a tradition? You have to get steak tips? Um, well, I mean, that's just, that's me. That's a local. I go to the Loud American on Main Street and have steak tips. Of course I do. <laughs> wow. I'm a ranch kid. We eat beef. <laughs> yeah. 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 And of course, I mean, we got Mount Rushmore there and then the Crazy Horse. Crazy Horse is there. Mount Rushmore is there. Badlands State or National Park. And that's like a 100-mile loop ride, 150, depending on where you're coming from. But, and just beautiful. All different landscapes, grasslands. Um, there's really cool rock formations, rock uh, towers and spindles. And yeah, just, you. well, you saw some of it. Now, what would you say if somebody is trying to be COVID safe, what would you say are some of the things maybe to avoid? Well, especially in a year like this year, if you're trying to be safe, I probably would be a little more conscious of where you stay. I mean, obviously, okay. there's a lot of campgrounds and a lot of bars and a lot of people socialize on Main Street every evening. And they're probably doing so without masks. So just make smart, smart decisions. If that's not for you, then maybe just enjoy the riding and go up and down Main Street, but you don't necessarily have to stop or you can wear masks. Um, so there's a lot of outdoor venues and events. A lot of outdoor events and venues, yeah. Yeah, and like, didn't you say, um, isn't there the Harley-Davidson dealership there that sets up, like, it's, it has a huge thing just in their lot? Yeah, so Harley-Davidson, the big dealership in Rapid City, um, Harley-Davidson of the Black Hills, they actually set up, I, I don't even remember, it's something like 200 vendors <laughs> come into their lot. It's a 30-acre lot around that dealership. And they fill it up with all these vendors and food places. So it's like its own little mini city. Yeah. And then Harley-Davidson Corporate from Milwaukee brings out test bikes and things and has a, a place set up for riding and demos in Sturgis, too. Now, as somebody who you've ridden Harley-Davidson's, but you don't have one now, you want right. to tell everyone what you do ride now? I have a KLR 650. And... Ooh. <laughs> There's that that one other person in America. Rock on! <laughs> and I have um, I have all dual sports, so I also have a little Yamaha XT250 and an XT225. So, how are you treated at an event like Sturgis if you're not wearing the Harley accoutrement and riding a, a Harley <laughs> or an Indian or something like that? Um, well, I mean. It could you can run into a broad range of reactions from people. I rock up on my KLR six hundred and fifty. There you go. And my adventure gear and my peaked uh, showy adventure helmet. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I don't give a shit what anybody says or does. <laughs> I, I rode. I showed up on two wheels. And if you don't like it, fine, whatever. I ride my ride. You ride your ride. Well, and speaking of your ride, since you haven't been on here, we won't spend too much time. But I do want to. Let you give your plug for your your book because you did a great adventure and it kind of really um, established yourself in the motorcycle industry. Do you want to just give like like the five minute what you did and where you went? Yeah, sure. Um, so I rode my KLR from South Dakota to the bottom of South America via Newfoundland. So instead of going to Alaska, <laughs> I rode to Newfoundland. And I was gone. I planned to be gone six months to a year, and I wound up being gone two full years. See, Bagel can wow. relate to that path, because Bagel went to Alaska to ride to New Orleans. See? Yep. I like your style. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I knew I found my people. Um, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, so I, I was 
gone. I was going to be gone six months to a year. I was gone two years, rode 45,000 miles, broke two bones, um, met tons of crazy cool people and had the experience of a lifetime. Really felt like I met my tribe and um, loved every minute of it. So traveled through 20 countries. And when I got home, I wrote a memoir about it and published self-published that book and also a how-to guide on how to do that same kind of trip yourself on a bike. And where can people find these books? On Amazon.com. Um, yeah, so the memoir is called The Butterfly Root. And the other book is, yeah, I don't remember. <laughs> what? It's got some long-ass title. <laughs> okay. It's like Tips for Traveling Overland in Latin America by Motorcycle, blah, 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 blah. It's massive. <laughs> oh, you're so good at plugging your books. I, I know. I love it. <laughs> I love it. But most notably, um, you are my partner uh, from Werwer and from Rev Sisters. Yay. And we have, we've been working on the upcoming film festival, which uh, we're going to be announcing uh, releasing uh, passes soon. Uh, RevSisters.com. Keep an eye on that. Um, it's free, free passes, <laughs> unless you want the extended viewing pass. And then it's how much do we charge? 10 bucks for two weeks of viewing. I think we've got something like nine hours of films-ish. It kind of depends on what the final selections are. But yeah, if you can't cram those all into the weekend because you've got other plans, you've got date night, you got to work, whatever, save them and savor them for two weeks and 10 bucks. Exactly. But, uh, and another thing that you are, um, I think, uh, qualified to, to uh, advise somebody on as somebody who you're not the tallest person ever. And of course, riding adventure and dirt, it's hard to find the right bike. And so many dirt bikes are tall. And it just so happens that uh, our friend Stumpy John here is also trying to find a new bike. And I said, John, you know who to talk to? First of all, women, uh, dirt riders, adventure riders, they've got it all fig figured out. They've tried them all. They know what works. Um, and Michelle already has kind of figured it out. So I thought let's let's talk a bit about um, John's bike quest of finding the, I think, the right bike. John, you were looking at riding. Um, so you have your KLR 650, and you're really beating that bike up and you're taking it on pretty challenging courses which is fine but when you're riding with people on lighter more nimble bikes it's a lot more of a challenge and you don't want to be that guy so um what are some of the bikes that you were were looking at well um and let me just say so you know i'm i'm fairly comfortable in the klr so something around 33 to 34 inches seat height is, is okay for me, but it's just mm -hmm. when I get on the, you know, 37 inch or 36 inch bikes, it's a, it's yeah. a challenge for me. I mean, I can get on it, but he often even getting the kickstand up is, is part of the problem. Cause you got to go all the way to the right to get the kickstand over. So, so I, you know, I'm on a quest to find something that can, that can fit my stubby legs. So um, there's a couple things I'm looking at. I think I'm just going to share my screen if that's all right. And I'll, we can yeah. maybe talk about the bikes. Yeah. And, um, and Emma, ever, I mean, Douglas, you have experience with these kind of bikes. Um, mm -hmm. This is a good opportunity for us all to give him some feedback on mm -hmm. what, what would be, you know, good price, a good value, good bike, all that. And so I need permission to, sc to share sc screen share. Um, 
So one of the things that we were talking about, one of the first bikes you were looking at was a uh, DRZ 400, right? And and, um, I had an idea on that one, which was... uh, because it, it came with both sets of wheels, the dirt wheels and the supermoto wheels. And um, yep. I said, why don't you put like Nobby's big block tires on the supermoto wheels? And you yeah. kind of been getting mixed response. Douglas, what's your, what do you think? Do you think that would be a good dirt bike? Uh, not with 17 Nobbies, no. I mean, the front wheel is bigger for a reason. Yeah. Um, you know, McCarthy writes his with the 17 inch um and he's got tkc's on it yes yeah. i mean definitely i rode i rode avon distanzias on my drz 400 the supermoto and they did okay in the dirt they were kind of just meant for dirt roads but right. if you're going to expect a, a 17 inch front tire to do the job of, yeah. a, of a 19 uh it's just not gonna happen yeah you're yeah. not gonna want a 17 inch yeah yeah, exactly. You know, dirt bikes have 21 inch front wheels for a reason. So, you know, it's, it's going to be a wheel switch. Um, but you guys have to remember, as, as I told John, you can't have everything. And if you yeah. are better off having a shorter bike that you can uh, be able to dab and put your foot down and get out of situations, is it a good compromise to give up that big wheel? No, not if you're going to be riding off dirt. Are you going to lose a lot of ground clearance? You know, someone's going to mention lowering it too, but it kind of defeats the purpose of the dirt bike. You know, uh, you know, one that we talk about sometimes. I wouldn't mind having one is a WR250R. I know two females um, that ride those, and they're not tall at all, um, and they're great bikes. So I mean, they're a little tough to find, but I think those WR250Rs would be a great choice. Yeah. So um, yes, he brought up some bikes. for us to look at to see oh is that the t-dub so here's a t so let me just say so the drz i'm looking at see this is the problem right now with the used bikes is everything is just so crazy wait crazy. hold on is that is that that's a 2019 tw200 for four thousand dollars yeah but it's yep. a long way away from california oh. well no it's in santa Ana. so dude that uh, seems like a good price for a bike like that doesn't it yeah except has anyone else ridden a tw200 yes they're mm-hmm. pretty gutless, right? Wouldn't you say? Yeah. yeah, it's not my favorite ride. Yeah. So, no. I mean, yeah. that's a whole nother factor. Is, and how important is having that the power, the get up and go to you, John? Well, if it's if something's going to be making me slower than my KLR following these other people, then, I'm, then I'll, I'll stay on the KLR. The TW would do that. Yeah. And yeah. even, yeah. I think, Emma, I think you told me on the... Um, the 250 dirt bikes, like just comparing the the CRF, the KLX, and the WR, isn't the WR going to be a little punchier? You know, the, to be honest with you, if you're riding on the street, you're going to be looking for power on all three. In yeah. the dirt, they're all great. I would say the WR... Out of all of them, the WR is actually the oldest engine, um, mm. but it's it's a punchy motor. Oh, that's you know sure. the other one that comes to mind is Kawasaki just came out or has that three hundred now too. Is that yeah, KLX. Yeah. So here's a here's a KLX two fifty. Yeah, I like KLXs. Mm-hmm. Um, I do too. So, but again, yeah. you're talking about a standard size bike. And one of the things that um, I was explaining, John, is there are some 250cc 
uh, bikes that are already kind of a lower profile. Like I had mentioned the Super Sherpa, right? Right. And and what other bikes do you know of, Michelle, that are already a lower profile? Well, my obviously my XT250 and mm-hmm. XT225. And he uh, rightly brought up the TW200 because that's another one, but... It, it's a it's a different riding experience, of course, with those fat tires and right. you know it, it depends on what you're riding with to some degree too. If you're riding with other people that are on um, different bikes, you know that you're going to be riding along with. Um, yeah, I, I'm not sure. Me, and yeah. if you're doing highway to get there, or if you're trailering it, but you know. I mean, you know, Michelle. I mean, I'm going to stick my neck out here. As fun as the T Dub is. It's not a serious off-road bike. No, I agree. Mm-hmm. And you can't you can't regard it. It's a fun bike. Right. A T-Dub is exactly the kind of bike that you can dick around in the backyard yeah. until the going gets so tough. And then, you know, the fun ends. It's I was, was going to say, it's great for, like, campgrounds and mud holes. Well, you I know? had a friend. Yeah. It's a vintage days. Vintage I had a days friend bike. ride the. Yeah. bike. Yeah, exactly. I had yeah. a friend ride the Continental Divide on one. We, I did 800 miles of the Continental Divide on, on my XT250. And one of the girls was riding a TW200 and one rode a Super Sherpa, mm-hmm. Cowie. Uh, Super Sherpa. Mm-hmm. So the three of our bikes were kind of just a, a mix, but all those lower displacement bikes, and they were a blast. And Molly rode the right. shit out of that teed up. Then it could go anywhere. But it's you're right; it is a different riding experience. I mean, it's you not meant for that. You may be surprised to know people actually ride scooters at about <laughs> twenty miles an hour. I know it's hard to believe because they are just so lethal. But people actually ride those death traps at higher than walking pace. So anything's possible. That's true. Exceptionally skilled people do. Yes, yes. Thank you, Bagel. (laughs) What other bikes are there? I want to just give him as many options as possible. Because the other thing that we're running into is bikes are going for a lot of money right now. This crazy COVID pricing where a bike, what were you saying, John? Like, it's like. 7,000 new and it's a 10 year old bike and they want five grand for it or something. Yeah. I was looking for, a uh, the Yamaha 250, um, dual sport and it was a uh, four grand. And right. he's like, dude's like, no, no negotiating. It's 5,500 for a brand new one. So <laughs> that just doesn't make any sense. And this was the carbureted one, not the fuel injection one. Yeah. So wow. right. smoking something. I was I mean, talking to a guy. Like- oh, I'm sorry, Jim. Go ahead. I was going to say, I was talking to the guy at Hollister today, same thing. He bought a new Husqvarna 252 stroke, and he said the prices of the used bike, he's like, screw it, I'm just going to buy a new one. Right. Um, but you know, that's one thing we haven't talked about are maybe the European bikes, you know, KTM, Husqvarna. I mean, they're so light. They are. But, but tall. There is, there's a commitment to cost when you own a European bike. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no getting away from the fact that if you run a European bike, it is going to cost you more to maintain than the Japanese one. Um, you could argue that you're getting more bike for your money. And in a lot of cases, in terms of performance, weight reduction, um, just specification, yes, you are. But they can be substantially more expensive to just keep on the road. Uh, But I would like to point out, and like in my case, I got that 690 KTM 690 Enduro, which is a whole lot of bike. And that bike can do so many things that I will never ask it to do. It really is a sort of a performance bike. But the reason I have it is because it fits me perfect. It feels right. And in this case, if there's a bike that 
fits him perfect. Um, oh, here's let's let's do a little callback. Uh, John, one thing to consider, you know, uh, I think last week we read uh, an email about the inappropriate dirt bikes. <laughs> that you you have to look at some of these bikes on the uh, Facebook page. There, I mean, they're doing stupid, crazy, fun dirt bike riding on really inappropriate bikes with knobbies. Um, I'm just wondering if there are any good inappropriate bikes that might just be the perfect bike for you. I can argue the KLR is a really good inappropriate bike. (laughs) (laughs) Silverwing. It is Silverwing. Silverwing. I think John John needs a Vespa Cross Vespa. (laughs) Oh. You know, maybe I'll join Bagels. Look, I think I I threw it out to him when I was saying, like, crazy idea. Isn't it Honda that has the off-road scooter that looks kind of like an Africa twin? Yep. But again, it comes down to all these bikes are fun for different reasons. But when you're riding with a group, you want to have a similar kind of bike to ride with them. Mm -hmm. And if he's riding with people on, you know, 400s, maybe 500s, um, I think you can get away, as as Jim has proven, you can get away with one of these 250s. They're going to be quite capable. They're going to do stuff. And then when you get a bike like the Super Sherpa that a lot of people don't know about, um, but it's hard to find. Emma, have you come across any Super Sherpas? How often do you see them? No, I never see them. Yeah. Never see them. You have to wonder yeah, why. I couldn't find one. I couldn't find one in the U.S. that was for sale. Yeah. Why is it that yeah. these bikes that are lower that suit a lot of lower riders, including you know many of them women, why are they just not that common? Why are they so hard to find? You'd, you'd think that there would be more bikes like that to fit. I think they were massive sellers when they were new. Mm-hmm. And even, so that explains the used market. And from a new dealership's point of view, all dealerships have to go on is sales volume from the past. And if a type of bike is shown to be a crappy seller, why stock your showroom with one? Yeah. Right. So it kind of perpetuates yeah. it. But I can't, I can't ever recall seeing a Sherpa in the flesh, as it were, in, the, in its natural habitat. So, uh, Emma, what, what bikes do you think, like, if you narrowed it down to, like, three bikes that he should just, here's the three you should be looking for. What, what are you going to say? Well, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of the KLX. Um, I like the KLX. Um, it's a tough one, John, because I think you're going to be looking for power with the smaller bikes. Yeah. But, you know, that's the trade-off you're going to have to make, mate. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, I'm leaning towards a, a DRZ with, with an aftermarket seat. Yeah, yeah. With an aftermarket seat. Because yeah, the Corvette just, can get me down to 33.5. Right. So. Just tread carefully. And the only reason I say that, I mean, I've... I've always had a very, very high opinion of DRZs. I mean, um, I love the DR650, but I think for what you want it for, it would be a non-starter. So it's the DRZ400 for you. So, and this one that but you're... we've been dealing with a lot of broken ones lately, and it's kind mm. of shaken me a little bit. Yeah, but that may you be know, because say... there's so many out there, you're, the odds are greater that it's going to yeah. be one and of those... And they're getting old. Yeah. You know, I, I'll, yeah, I second him on the KLX. Like, I don't know what the KLX 300 goes for, but um, I, I think that could be a great bike. You know, I think it'll make. I think it'll make enough power. Um, you know, I nothing slows down. 
you're you're going to be fine, John. I mean, if if we're just talking about riding it in the dirt, get a KLX two fifty. They're bloody great, or the three hundred. Yeah. Get a new one. Don't dick around with the a used one. Yeah. Just get a new I, one. You guys even haven't even mentioned the KLR two fifty. Is that too old? It's getting there. Okay. Um, and it's kickstart only. Oh, yeah, and the yeah. problem is oh, with a kickstart yeah. only bike, they're the easiest bike in the world to start. It's not like the old DR350s mm-hmm. where you're kicking and kicking and kicking and kicking. But if you're going up an incline and you stall it, you know, especially yeah. if you're at the limit of your seat height anyway, you don't want to be messing around with a kickstarter. You just want to hit the button. KLR250 is a great little bike and such a sweetheart, but it was only ever a kickstart only bike. Mm. I love them. I think they're just great. So here's a, uh, can I throw out another crazy idea? Oh, gosh. How about as long a, as we can make fun of it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking of like a lower bike. How about a, like a vintage Elsinore? Oh, God, Liza. <laughs> what? Oh, God. Dude, if you get it on a vintage bike and you're ripping like two-stroke man, right? Hmm. John, you just put a sandwich in your pocket. Jim will tell you he's got it all written down, all the goals to be two-stroke man. Strap a shovel to the back. (laughs) So there's a a couple of bikes which actually carried the Elsinore name. Are you talking about a CR Elsinore or an MT? Uh, Are you talking about the road-going one or the dirt-only Yeah, no, the road-going one. The MT250? yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, they're good, but they're like, you know, you might as well get an old TS-400. Yeah. Mm. Um, you know, if you're going to break your ankle kickstarting a bike, you might as well break your ankle kickstarting a 400 <laughs> stroke, not uh, a 52 uh, stroke. Okay, so now, is, uh, yeah, sorry, go ahead. One last yeah. thing. Um, the CRF-230M was imported for two years in America. And I yeah. saw one for sale um, late last year sometime, and I almost went up to buy it. But it sold by the time they moved it, took it off the uh, Craigslist. But yeah. I believe you can get that with um, larger wheels too, and it is not a big bike. Oh, um, we've all ridden them. The two thirties in the dirt are very capable. Didn't that, didn't uh, Megan get one of those? Yeah, Megan had Megan and yeah. Antonio had one. Yeah, yeah, very, uh, the Cindy Creech too. Yeah, um, oh. very capable bike. Uh, I don't know how well it would do on the road, but remember Chuck? Yeah, he used to come around. He had one, a super. Yeah. Money, and I rode that uh, on a ride with him. It was a blast. Nice. That had 17s on it, though. But um, I'm looking online, and the 230M was available with dirt wheels on it too, just plated for California. Ooh, <laughs> cool. Ooh, that's a good one. But now, do you guys see like bringing it back full circle? When I was saying maybe the DRZ 400, so you get all the power, but with the the smaller wheels, might be the better compromise of all the things you know because otherwise he's looking at dropping the suspension you know doing all the dropping the seat doing all the things um and adrian adrian had my back and said that she thought it would be a great bike with big blocks on the sumo wheels to go out and tear up the dirt as long as you're not like trying to jump a log or something, right? Gonna make you a really good dirt rider if you're. <laughs> it will. Yeah, I remember knobby stuff on seventeens. Yeah, we were with Knox somewhere, and he had his the uh, sheet iron. His, that was a sheet iron. Yeah, yeah, and he had his little front wheel on that, didn't he? Yeah. No, he had a he had an eighteen inch. Uh, uh, what the heck did he have? Did he get a different I can't, I can't wheel on it? He had a, he had a weird combo. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he struggled with it. 
I don't know. I mean, uh, you look at bikes like the T-Dub or like the Van Van that have just the big, small wheels. It seems like it might be a good compromise because even when you're talking about the 230, the power is not there when you're riding with people on even like 350s, 400s, 690s, whatever. The bike we're all trying to find just doesn't exist. You can't expect it to do. You know, know, that's that's something to talk about. Yeah, talk about too is just, you know, gets back to skills also. Not that John's not a skilled rider, obviously, but, you know, the the classic one is Jocelyn Snow, right? Yeah. You know, so, you know, you just have to kind of maybe, you know, do what you can with the equipment. And then it's just back to like having to, you know, adapt and learn the skills or whatever. Well, John, I'm going to throw out one more crazy bike to consider. And this one is a bit of a unicorn. In fact, is it a Rokan? It is not a Rokan. In fact, and you guys remember when Not got his XR650R and said he got a unicorn and then everybody got one? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> <Well>, <laughs> like Douglas, yeah. Um, how many, uh, Michelle, how many XR650Rs came by the garage today? More than one. <laughs> yeah. The, um, the unicorn wrangler? <laughs> well, Douglas has what I think is the real unicorn. Douglas, you want to tell everyone what bike you have? I have a 1985 Honda CR500 with a California legal license plate on it. John, do you know? Inch wheels. Do you know what this is? Do you know what he's talking about? It's a two-stroke, right? Yep. yep. Two-stroke 500, yeah. The yep. Two-stroke. These bikes yeah. are like illegal for killing children, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to find a plated two-stroke from pre um, DMV rules yeah. is that you, you rarely come across it, but to find a CR 500 that's plated. Yeah. That's cool. It's, it's cause even well, yeah. In the two like stroke world, four or five the five, it's, it's, 500 it's, is a beast. So was, mm-hmm. was that originally allowed to be plated when it was sold? Uh, well until 2003, I believe. Oh really? I thought it was a dirt yeah. only bike. Right. Yeah. It, it's, it, it, was, uh, it was never plated. Yeah. Um, production uh so it's just grandfathered in from right. whoever did it in probably the 90s wow that's great yeah john but if you want to the cracks funnily enough there's a cr 500 that somebody has turned into a cruiser right here in carmel what? that is oh, for wow. sale on craig right now oh yeah wow it's on craigslist I'll fi- I'll, I'm going to send you the link right now, Liza. All right. Yeah, meanwhile. But yeah, so John, if you want a bike that will like blow everyone away <laughs> and it'll definitely yeah. keep up. <laughs> that thing's got to be a little scary, isn't it? Well, I'll tell you what. I blew out a sole of my boot trying to kick it. <laughs> it, it broke the sole in half. Oh, jeez. Oh, my Yeah, it's definitely gosh. a... Uh, yeah, you got to... Well, you gotta be wearing a, a motocross boot. Douglas, this is quite the the project that you have, and I know that you got it from uh, you know a friend of the garage mm-hmm. when when he when he passed. So it's kind of got you know some history too. Yeah. Um, have you had? Is this bike? Is it run? Is it running? Because it hadn't been running when you got it, right? It, it was not running. It yeah. needed a full engine rebuild. It needed to be bored and and sleeved, and um, it needed a new crank because it was pitted and bad. So I spent quite a bit of money and time yeah. getting that motor uh, rebuilt. Bearings were done. Um, it, it had been sitting in, in Tim's garage for five plus years. And yeah, everything was bad. 
Um, I got it running. I can start it right out the road. As soon as I get back and park it and turn it off, it will not start again. So mm. it is definitely not reliable. I can't buzz around town and go to the supermarket on it or something like that because I'd end up getting an Uber home and taking <clears> the <throat> truck back to pick it up. Emma, what do you think that could be? I mean, there's various things that it, unfortunately it could be. Um, I tend to think if a bike runs fine, and then you park it and you go back and it won't start. Um, is it losing its spark? Not that I could tell. But, but it's it's so binary that it, if it was weak spark or spark or something, it, it would just shut off when I was running it and it never would do that. Right. Mm. I mean, is it is it still the... Um, um, is it still the monster to try and start? Because I think that might be half of the problem. Is yeah, it's, it's got so much compression. It does have a ton of compression. Um, right. But I, I don't see how it would have too much. Um, yeah, I don't does, know. Does it's, it have it's been, Does it have electronic ignition? Uh, yes. Yeah. Could it be a bad CDI unit? Maybe. Don't don't think so. Um, hmm. I don't know. It's it's been a bit hmm. since I've toyed with it. So yeah, have you swapped plugs out for for new ones? Maybe. Yep, new yeah. plugs, new coil. Hmm. It, wow. it, the spark is does look kind of weak, but again, hmm. it's really hard to kick it to <laughs> get a good spark. Yeah, there's so much compression. Uh, yeah, even even with the uh, spark plug out, it's, it's still hard to but, hard to kick fast enough. But what's gonna make it that it'll start and run and then not want to start? What is it that about it getting if warm? I knew that we wouldn't. It, be is that going to be vacuum? No, no, no. It's not going to be fuel. Bad fuel. No, that fresh fuel. You know, I. <clears throat> I'm going to stick my neck out. I think even though it's sparking, it's not sparking well enough to start. When that plug is under, a, you know, a critical environment that's under pressure, that it's giving up the ghost. Yep. And I think there could be coil. That could be the pulse generator. It could be the... Um, alternator itself you know it might be the uh the 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 cdi box who knows or it could even be the pickup on the crank possibly yeah well i brought it to um what's that place uh revolution suspension mm -hmm. or is it evolution um gave it to them for a few days and said i want you to just go through everything tune it all right and they gave it back to me and said basically it was good to go so I guess they didn't have any problems with it, but for all I know, they may have not even started it because it's really hard to start. But uh, um, now I'm not as familiar on the two strokes, Emma. What about like a fuel mixture, like fouling the plug? It's that possible. Um, you know, there's so many things it could be. There's so many things it could be. Um, I would have to have a look at it. And uh, let's say it arrived at my garage. You know, I uh, get it started, take it for a ride, try and start it, and then immediately see what the plug's doing. 
try try and start it as best I could. Now, the reality is that's going to be one of the few bikes I won't be able to do simply because I'm not strong enough to start it anymore. Um, and, yeah, you know, yeah, we taking, about a, it. taking a bike on that, I say, well, I'm going to have to find a big boy to help me start it. <laughs> it's not really professional. Yeah, um, there's, a, there's a secret sauce, too. You can't just get on it and mule kick it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, you absolutely you need to know what you're doing, otherwise and you're going to end up with a broken put, ankle. <laughs> Honda, in all their brilliantness, they put the kickstand on the swing arm. So as you're kicking it, the whole thing is swaying back and forth because <laughs> your weight is shifting and oh no, the the bike is compressing and it's swinging. And it almost must be dumpy off to the right. Um, Liza, this is as good a time as any. What yeah. is the uh, uh, recycle garage's um, email address? Recycle Motorcycle Garage at gmail.com. All right. Oh, while you're doing that, <laughs> I will make an announcement. It was sticker day at the garage today. Oh, was we got free stickers. Yeah. Yes, it was. Oh, oh Bagel, I'm going to send you yours. We've got new stickers and they're really cool. Oh, cool. Please do. Everyone got stickers and they're, how do you describe it, Michelle? They're rainbowy. How do you say? Yeah, iridescent. Iridescent. Ooh. That's what it Diffraction, is. Diffraction, darling. Diffraction. Yes. They're snazzy. Check your emails, Liza. And uh, to listeners, don't you worry because those stickers, I got enough of them, they're going to be going in the upcoming Patreon thank you package that I send out. Uh, everyone at a $5 or more per month is automatically going to get one of the new buffs that's coming out and a sticker. And if you're a dollar uh, or more a month, you get the sticker. I'm just going to automatically send it to everyone. Um, if you're not a sponsor and you'd like to get one, you can send me an envelope, uh, you know, a CZ, uh, and you can send it to 342 Washington Street. Santa Cruz, California, 95060, and send it to Motorcycles and Misfits, uh, and I will send a sticker out for free. That's right. Ooh, is this a Sierra 500 bobber you sent me? <laughs> what wow. is Isn't that ridiculous? What? <laughs> okay, hold on. What? Oh. Okay, nope. Oh, wait, what? Okay, you guys. Yeah, I mean, um, come on. I'm going to say that this was a tastefully done oh custom bike. Whoa. <laughs> like, it, is a, it is a bobber. Do <laughs> you see wow. that, Michelle? That's the it's weirdest a thing. With <laughs> it's a blobber. Crazy rake pipes? Yeah, crazy. You got it. I mean, you got wow. it. Um, at the heart of it is a CR500. And the thing that is of interest to you, Doug, is be to address the starting problem, there is some kind of automatic decompressor in there. There is. Yes. 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 I think she's saying, is that the issue? Could well, it be? Well, you know, you use the decomp to start the beast. You use the decomp to get it past TDC. That's all. Once you kick, it's the... It's not going to start if that decomp is open. Right. Hmm. But is it something that's getting warm and is then creating it's like a gap or something? Down. That's what I'm thinking. Something's getting warm and breaking down. Oh, so if the decomp is staying slightly open and not sealing? No, 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 no. no. Something electrical is getting oh. warm and breaking down. 
Yeah. Something that has small resistance is getting warm and getting a lot of resistance. And whether it's a wire joint itself or a wire itself or an internal component, that's where I'll put my thing. But I thought you'd enjoy that, Liza. It is madness, really, on two wheels. I, I do appreciate that. Um, thank you, Dom. New plug leads even, maybe. I appreciate it as much as I'm just going to, I got to get to some of these emails because this is really cool. I, I talked about um, <laughs> some of these bikes uh, that shouldn't be on the dirt, but look like just so much fun. Um, so this one, uh, we had a listener, uh, Keith sent us some uh, pictures and styles of these bikes. I mean, John, don't you want to ride this? Is that a Triumph Sprint? What is that? A triple? Yeah, no, that's the uh, um, that's the uh, Triumph Street Fighter. The Street the Fighter. Yes. Is with a single sided rear swing arm? Yes. <laughs> wow. Oh, yeah. What kind of tire do they have in the back there? A fat. That's a bit old thick tire. Look at that. <laughs> yeah. It almost looks like a car tire. It's like Mad Mad. Um, yeah. So that's from Keith, and he says. Yeah. Uh, he says, hey, I think there's a new category of bike showing up, a mix and cross between a scrambler, uh, except it doesn't have high pipes, and a cafe, except it has big block tires. Is this a brat? I'm not really sure. They fit well um, beside a brand new TW200, except these are considerably larger displacement. So I figured I'd ask the experts, where do you place these? Or are we looking at a brand new category? Is this a muscle scrambler a sand scrambler i don't know i love them and if i could figure out how to put wider taller tires on my rd350 it would have tractor tires on tomorrow uh so he's included some pics and here's uh this other one um like that. is that a that's is that not a cb750 is it that emma is that a dohc seven oh. cb750 let's have a Oh, there you go. Yeah, that is a. It could be a nine hundred, but it's yeah, a or CB nine hundred. Yeah, it's a good looking bike, and yeah, it real nice. Almost has like a cafe tank and a brat seat and mm. knobby tires. And- yeah, and I mean that isn't really. That's in a different category to the Triumph, because you know I've noticed a lot of cafe builds they like the knobby tires just for the look. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That Triumph you showed, first of all, yeah. that is a serious off-road weapon. <laughs> yeah. Is, yeah. Yeah. The difference, I think, is, is it too is clearance because that uh, that other bike just you know was much lower to the ground than. Well, and yeah. what both of these have in common is the lowest thing on the bike are the pipes. So that right yeah. there yeah. Like, <laughs> disqualifies that. it as a legitimate dirt bike. But it looks like a good time. But here's the question: Is are these a new style is this a brat is this uh no, i mean it's not a brat what do you call what do we what do you call these i don't know i mean i think it's up to us as yeah i, I, yeah. I kind of like that sand scrambler name <clears throat> because yeah, those, those fat tires are ideal for the sand right well paddles yeah could yeah. i could i make a suggestion here because yeah. I mean, we are legitimate journalists and I think it is up to us <laughs> to come up with a new name for these bikes. Yes. And I'm going to submit, I think, Rommel style. <laughs> what? Oh, no. Ooh. oh, yes. What? No, because, I mean, no. he, was, he, was, he was the desert rat, darling. Oh, he was God. the desert rat. You know? Anyone else have a better suggestion? 
Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's the first suggestion, so we need to do better than that because we don't want that to stick. But yeah, we need to come up with a with a. So, uh, I can Well, muscle scrambler is kind of cool, or scrambler brat, or urban adventurer. It sounds like these are all very appropriate names. Which one do you pick? You pick Douglas. I'm assigning you to be the leader in deciding (laughs) what everyone muscle scrambler. Muscle scrambler. I kind of like muscle scrambler. Yeah. Like a cafe muscle scrambler. Because it is. It is muscle. They're using big engines. They're not using small. Right. They're using big they're engines. Using, they're using yeah. styles from a few different genres, too. And if you define a scrambler, Emma, how would you define, classically, what is the definition of a scrambler? Well, a scrambler is an off-road bike. It can be either two or four stroke. Um but I mean, it was a very, very loose description. Its its spiritual home is off road, preferably in muddy terrain. Mm-hmm. So if you go back to the nineteen sixties, the traditional scrambles were almost yeah. all four stroke bikes. They had knobby tires, ridden mostly in mud, um, and had not massively high clearance, but higher clearance than traditional bikes and high fenders right. so that they didn't yeah. choked up with mud i mean now, the the other thing too about the scrambler to my mind that that you know i kind of associate with it is the high pipe um right. is that is that a, a requirement or is that more of like an option well i mean of course it's a requirement because you are going up and over but you know traditional scrambles it's not going over rocks and super rough terrain mm-hmm. it's more like just you know boggy terrain right so so like the more traditional scrambles <clears throat> didn't require a high pipe then although right. a lot of them had because it right. just gets it up out of the way it helps yeah yes no problems that way yeah i mean basically you take a triumph bonneville and you put some knobbies and a high pipe on it you got a, a, a scrambler right right so scrambler to me the definition is a a off-roadable mm-hmm. street bike Mm-hmm. Right, so that okay. seems. I think I'm. I'm kind of agreeing with Douglas. A uh, muscle scrambler seems like yeah. the proper definition. Um, I'm kind of liking it. I'm going to throw out one more apocalyptic hooligan. Oh, oh. <laughs> come on, <laughs> apoc hooligan. Hool. No, that didn't work. <laughs> A apoc apoc again, apocligan. Apoc hooligan would be acceptable. Apoc hooligan. Yeah. Okay, I think now we have to take a vote between muscle scrambler and 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 apoc hooligan. Jim, how do you vote? Uh, wasn't apoc hooligan shot with Biggie Smalls? Okay, John, what's your vote? The Google Muscle Scrambler. Okay, Emma, what's your vote? Let's do Muscle Scrambler. I think that's good. (sighs) Bagel, I'm with Muscle Scrambler. Oh man, no love. All right, Michelle, you get the deciding vote. I'm okay being the minority. Apoc Hooligan. Hey, I'm going to go with Apoc Apocalyptic Hooligan. Because I said it I'm looked also, like Mad Max, that first one. I know. I I'm also like going to go with Apoc Hooligan. Nice. Oh, shoot. That's right. three to three because Jim didn't three actually to vote. He told a joke. So tell you what. <laughs> How about... Let's, Apoc Scrambler. 
Apoch oh, scrambler, son. Ooh. There you go. Mm. Uh, scram. Okay. You know, scram. That's what we call it. I think this is a great thing to ask our listeners to help us. So if you have a suggestion for this type of bike or you want to vote on apocalyptic scrambler, apoch scrambler, or, uh, or no, apocalyptic hooligan or muscle scrambler. Or a pop- 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 yeah. <laughs> or bingo bongo bang. As Jim would say. <laughs> but in any event, we clearly should not be in charge of these things. So we need to open this up to a wider audience. Um, send us an email, recyclemotorcyclegarage at gmail.com and let us know what you think. I love that there's a new vein because, I mean, Shoot, Emma, how many new styles of bikes have you seen over there? That doesn't happen that often. Not really. A, you know, a whole new genre. It's You're always going to get people who build their own bikes. I like to think a lot of the stuff that I build doesn't really fit in any category because they look like cafe bikes, but I put big bars on them. Um, I, I'm just curious, Emma. Um, I, and it just made me think that uh, there there's still room for some new stuff. What would you call something with a, a Vespa driveline, ape hangers, and knobby tires? Death trap. <laughs> <laughs> don't encourage that, them. That, don't encourage I mean, them you don't have to include the knobby tires and the ape hangers with that. Did we, did we see that at the? Did we see that at, at Better's uh, secret lab? Yeah. Yeah. Death trap. <laughs> How but, about uh, a moped with a raked front end? Oh, that exists. We've had them here oh, at the yeah, garage. Yeah. Um, oh, yes, like a straight up moto became. Yeah, that's. Uh, is it moto moped army? Yeah. Yeah, Moped Army. They do all sorts yeah, of crazy right. stuff. Bagel, what about in the scooter world? What do you think is is the next trend that, that we should see in the scooter world? Breaking out of the asylum should be the <laughs> next trend. Well, I, I really hope that the next trend is going to be uh, uh, like Vespa Cross, Scooter Cross. Yes. Um, because I, I love just using scooters for just totally the wrong purposes. <laughs> and I think that's a great way to do it. And, uh, yeah, I'm hoping to uh, make some progress on, on mine one of these days soon. You've been talking for years about I've this. I've been talking. Yeah, the Baja Jai. <laughs> well, now, now that I have the space and, yeah. Yes. But, Bagel, yes. I put it to you that any time you ride a scooter above walking pace, you're really, you know, you're, you're, you're defying the odds of reason, darling. Yeah, but, you know, I live with it. Yes, I know. It's a fact of life for me. <laughs> How about you, Douglas? What do you What do you want to see next? What combination? I, don't know. I want to see people <clears throat> just doing it. Just hack that what, shit in up. The street, darling. <laughs> <laughs> no shame. In McDonald's on the counter. Yeah, you have an email, right? Well, actually, no, you know I- where you can see that and all these things. No, that was a real question. Do you know where? Where's that? The mm-hmm. one show. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. And they That's announced they're doing the one show this year. They are indeed. They are. In fact, Bagel, I think you sent me something too. Uh, it is uh-huh. in May, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. It's, it's actually, it actually starts uh, April 30th through May 2nd, I believe. 
And uh, they, from what I've heard, they're they're doing it at an outdoor location. Um, I don't know exactly where, but um, but yeah, it is on from from what I'm hearing. Oh, so they changed the venue to outdoor. Ooh, I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know where, but apparently it's going to be outdoors. Ooh, I have an announcement. Yeah. Um, Turbo has been accepted <gasps> for the one show. Oh, how exciting. Does this mean oh you're gosh. coming, Emma? So I received the email yesterday. Now, I mean, there's a few things that I need to check off before I do the RSVP. Um, it couldn't have come at a worse time with the shop. Mm-hmm. And also is Turbo hasn't actually been washed in six months. And for those who don't remember, can you tell everyone what Tubbo is? Um, Tubbo is my um, pearl pink with Hello Kitty graphics, (laughs) Turbo under Goldwing. (laughs) Which, yes. That's amazing. um, Yeah, it's it's quite a beast. It's definitely a device. Um, (laughs) But it hasn't had washed in six months. So I'm not entirely sure if I need to pull the cover off and see how disgusting it looks, which I will probably do tomorrow. And if I think I could polish it up and actually do something with it, yeah, I'll I'll take it up to the one show. Well, there you go. Well, um, I, I hope to see you there then. It, it would be nice. But, you know, in the time when I submitted it, it's not my best bike anymore. Hmm. But it still it still is worthy of the one show. Yeah, I I like to. I think if I can if I can clean it up to any kind of standard, um, oh, yeah. I think it might do quite well at the one show because it kind of ticks all the boxes. Can I make one recommendation? You may want to do. Well, you were the last. You were the last misfit to see it. So yes, you should put some knobby tires on it. <laughs> and some a pairs and then it'll be perfect (laughs) practically got a pangers on it now it's got these got the big z1 bars on it so um it's definitely um but yeah i think i think i should be able to clean it up well enough well, that's big news. I don't think I'm going to be able to go. It's still a little too early to travel safely, I feel, for me. But I think that's a huge opportunity for people like Bagel already up in the yeah. Pacific Northwest because it'll be a much smaller event. Because, I mean, Doug, you remember, you went years ago. That was a lot of fun. It got bigger and bigger every year and got crazier and crazier. Well, Jim. Yeah. Yep. Um, and, I, and I'll be fully vaccinated by then, too. So. And so to have it be hopefully like a little bit smaller attended event will just give you more room to really just talk to people, see every bike, you know, and, and right. mingle and have fun. And especially if Emma's there, that'll be awesome. So it's nice you to know, know. At the end of the day, and I want to make mm-hmm. this clear, if, if I decide not to go, um, it's an 11-hour drive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So at it's least. kind of chuck turbo in the back of the LK, drive 11 hours, do three days, eleven hour drive back. So you know it's it's like I say it it's a terrible terrible time with the shop. I'm extremely busy right now. Okay, well, I'll tell you what if you if you can find somebody to help you help you with the driving, uh, we can all talk about getting a uh, an Airbnb up there or something. Okay. All well, right. I'm a. 
take an opportunity to have Michelle read another email while Emma gets up and turns on the lights because it's getting yeah, dark yeah. in here. Yeah, I remember. It's very right. moody. I kind of like that. All right, Michelle, you got an email to read. <laughs> I do. Dear Liza and Miss Emma. Hey. Ooh. Hello. I have been tuning Hello. into you guys' article antics for a couple years now and it is the highlight of my monday listening i currently oh, brilliant. <laughs> i currently own two bikes and i'm considering a third one is my first bike a 1982 cm 450c and oh, the other good bike the other is my daily driver a 2016 shadow phantom 750 I asked this question of the two of you because in last week's podcast, I heard Liza briefly mention that she used to own a CB900C, mm-hmm. and Emma is just a fountain of knowledge from which I wish to have the smallest of sips. <laughs> I, have, I have the opportunity to purchase one of the aforementioned CB900Cs for about a thousand bucks. It's one of those, it ran when I parked it two years ago mm-hmm. type of things. I have done enough research to know that This is a parts bin bike Mm -hmm. and that it can be quirky. I have heard that parts can be expensive or hard to get for this particular bike. However, I have also heard that they are very rare and even a decent runner can fetch a good return on the flip, if nothing else. The plan, should I not just flip it, would be to use it for some light touring with my wife since my shadow doesn't really have a pillion seat to speak of. At least not one the passenger will enjoy sitting on for more than 100 yards. Yes. We live in eastern Oregon and have some amazing two-lane blacktop that she will never come along with me to see because of that pillion seat. She says it's just terrifying once we get above town speeds. The bike in question has a sissy bar, saddlebags, and I believe a real wind jammer so she doesn't f- won't feel like she's coming off the back end like she does on the shadow. <laughs> yeah. My question is twofold. Assuming this guy prepped it for storage and it actually still starts, is it worth it? And is there any truth to the rarity value of them? Any other thoughts or advice that you may have on the CB900C would also be very welcome. Unfortunately, I didn't think to take any pictures when I saw the bike the first time as it's in a town about 45 minutes away, and I haven't made it back over to see it again. Thank you in advance for anything you may have to offer. And as always, give it the beans. Give it the beans! Give it the beans! <laughs> no, it's a complete death trap, darling. Stay away from So let's talk about the CB900 Custom because there's a lot of little details on that bike that are common just to that bike. It's a shaft drive bike. Mm -hmm. It's got a five-speed transmission, but it's got a high-low on it. So it's actually got a 10-speed transmission. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Can't shift it on the fly between high and low. So basically what you do is you're sitting at the traffic light in neutral. You reach down to your bottom and you decide whether you want to put it in low, in which case it's going to top out at about 80 miles an hour and you're going to take off like the clappers, or you put it in high and then you just row up through the gears. Um, they're, they're rare, but they're not super rare. They're not any more rare than any other custom from the 80s. Um, sitting for two years, carbs are going to be carbs are going to be gooed up. Tanks are going to be gooed up. Um they're good bikes. They make good power. Douglas, do you remember how much fun we had with that CB900C? Yeah, when it was a farm bike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that was that was a, a fun bike. Well, I yeah, it was a, it was a very fun bike. It rode really well. Um, the power vision yeah. always had more to give you too. So 
Yeah, yeah. I liked it. Long Though ride. I I seem to recall I mean, that I was able to shift between the high low. That's what I on thought the too. fly. Yeah, um, the way I described it is it's got so it's got two shifters, which is the really weird thing, right? And right. basically, in the in the if you put the rear one in the low, then you've got gears one, three, five, seven, nine, and if you shift it the rear one up, now you're working with two, four, six, eight, ten. Yeah. You and, could look at it like and that. And <laughs> I found it to be really cool when riding up in the hills, when, you know how sometimes when you're on a bike and you're it's not the right gearing, so you're having to, like, shift constantly in and out of turns? Mm-hmm. But then I was able to just kick it up to, like, two, four, five, six, eight, you know, or two, two, four, six, eight, ten, and it was perfect. And I was able to just engine brake in, roll out, engine mm-hmm. brake in, roll out. Nice. I like the tank on it. The styling is really cool. If it... If the carburetors do need any parts or fixing, it's a it's a super sport, uh, right? Super sport carburetor. Yeah, yeah. There it is a a bins uh, part, but the, I think the only thing unique to that, other than that that second uh, shifter, is the the tank was looks almost like a Triumph tank a little bit. It's got a Triumph look to it. Yeah, you know, it's it's Honda were kind of looking for their. With their cruisers, they were kind of looking yeah. for their style with those things. It, it's a power cruiser. Yeah, it's a power cruiser. Um, there's a little bit of information missing. Is it worth it? I mean, yes. how much is it is the question. So, and I can uh, tell you, I, to jump in, I thought it was a cool-looking bike, and I would like to see that as a future collectible. But I can tell you, I got mine free because they had stopped riding it. It was just parked on their ranch. And they had a second one, the CB1000C, that goats on their property had been ramming. And no one cared enough (laughs) to move it. (laughs) And they rammed it over the edge into a ravine. And they're like, you're welcome to the one down there, too. I was like, "Wow, no, I'm good. Um, (laughs) So value is hard. No one really cares or likes these bikes. I don't think... 1980s Honda Cruisers are ever going to be super valuable yeah. bikes. And it gives it gives me an opportunity to talk about accessories because there's this thought that because it has got $1,000 worth of accessories on it, makes it worth a 1000 bucks more. Accessories don't add any value to your bike at all. They add desirability but only to people who want those accessories. Generally, the bikes that fetch the most money are the bone stock ones in the best condition. So if you've got a completely stock paint job, chrome, everything, low mileage example of a bike that's in perfect original condition, you will actually fetch more money than one that's all kitted out with accessories that a potential buyer might not want. Um, that said, it sounds like it's got the good stuff on it. I mean, it's got a wind jammer on it. Um, it'd be nice if it was a real wind jammer. There was a ton of knockoffs back in the day. Um, Carol, who's, um, Craig Vetter's wife Mm -hmm. is doing quite a good business doing parts for wind jammers. So, you know, if you lose a turn signal or pop one of those vents out of the windshield she can supply you with one which is nice um Great. and again luggage is very very handy to have i mean the old vetter luggage from back in the day i mean you've got to remember this stuff was designed 45 years ago 
So if you look at it now, it's kind of weird and clunky. It's kind of lozenge-shaped. They're odd. The t- the the touring the Veda touring stuff is odd, but it looks kind of impressive as well. It's got a sort of evil can evil look about it. Um, it's up it's all down to the money. So I'm gonna weigh in. I think my my final advice on this. So if you recall, his other bike is a 2016 Shadow Phantom 750, and he's wanting a bike to take his wife on. So I think the the, the easy answer here is you want to take loved ones on the newer bike with better braking and handling. Bottom line. That's the answer there. The CB900C is a fun, cool bike. I don't know that I would be taking a passenger on an 80s bike that's not going to be as reliable. Right. I would instead look at getting a new seat for the Shadow Phantom because it has a kind of a stiletto style seat. Not real comfortable for a passenger. You can get a, uh, I think like uh, Mustang makes a dual uh, touring seat with a with a sissy bar. You can get added, and now you've got a better bike for day rides. There you go. Yeah, because I mean the thing is, you've got CB nine hundred C like six hundred pounds. Mm-hmm. Add some, add a wind jammer to it. Add the luggage. You've got another couple hundred pounds. You're already up to eight hundred pounds. Put a couple of people on it. You're over a thousand pounds with 1980s brakes, um, and 1980s brakes just weren't what we got now. Right. So, by all means, I'm not saying I'll go back to what I originally said. It's not a death trap, but if it's primarily for you and your wife to go out and enjoy it, buy the bike especially if the price is right, but dear God, get used to it first because you will be amazed compared to your shadow. You're going to be amazed how bad the handling is and how bad the brakes are. Or let's just go out on a limb. Here's another plug for it. Just buy a KLR. (laughs) 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 You can ride a passenger quite comfortably on a KLR. Yes, you can. Cockroach of aren't they? All answers turn to (laughs) KLRs. (laughs) Um, We got time for one more email, and this one is from Edward. And he says, Hey, Miss Fitz, I started listening to your show about the same time that at age 52, I got my first ever motorcycle just last year, and he's having the time of his life. Um, he says, you're always encouraging us listeners to write in with our questions or topics we'd like to discuss. So here is mine. I would love to hear the Misfits take on the bike that everyone seems to love to hate. This would be the 88 to 07 pre-gen Ninja 250. So this has been my first bike. It's an 06. And other than wanting it to be able to cruise down the expressway for long stretches a little better. I think it's pretty damn near perfect. Cheap to buy, own, repair, and insure. Yes. Plenty quick yes. for real-world riding, super nimble, relatively yes. easy to wrench on, perfectly happy to scrape a peg if that's your thing, and 80s yes. retro cool styling. So in all fairness, yes. I've only ridden my Ninja and a Suzuki TU250 we had in my rider class, so I don't have a lot Q250. to compare it to. So please either convince me why I want to spend a few thousand bucks to upgrade to something else or help me to convince the world that the old Ninja 250s are underrated gems that deserve more respect. Either way, I maintain that if someone can't have fun on a Ninja 250, the problem is the rider, not the bike. 
It never fails to get me grinning like an idiot. The idiot part of that comes naturally to me, but the grinning is all coming from the ninja. <laughs> so, well, the great bikes. Where on earth did we get the reputation that we didn't like Ninja 250s? I think it must have been Liza. <laughs> so I can say that I kind of mocked Ninja 250s for many years until I rode one. Oh. Um, Douglas, you remember when uh, Donut had his Ninja 250? It was kind of forget. a newer one. And um, I actually, like, he left it at the garage and I took it for a ride. And I was actually pretty impressed with how much mm -hmm. power it had and how fast I could get it and how much fun it was. Yeah. You've got to <laughs> grab it by the neck and squeeze to get it to do that. But but you can do that. Yeah, you yeah. can do that. You can yeah, do that. There's a long way to go in a Ninja 250. But that's super popular with track racing, too, with track bikes. Exactly. But I think it's it comes down to. Too. What we were talking about earlier with John trying to find the right bike is that you want to have a bike that's going to ride similar to all the other people you're riding with. And so riding any like 250, like an inch of 250 on the street, on the highway, you mm -hmm. really struggle to keep up with other people. Yeah, Bagel? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, I agree that if you're going to be riding with, with other people who are riding much bigger bikes, it's going to be tough if you're on mm -hmm. any kind of 250, even a Ninja 250. Yeah. But but the the from what I know about the Ninja 250, and I've never ridden one myself, but from what I know about them, they're, they're nothing to sneeze at. Yeah. Um, because my friend Gary put a Ninja 250 motor into a scooter. And uh, he he said that he had the thing up to 90 miles an hour. Yeah, and and was a little afraid to take it above that. So so those motors can do you know any you know any speed that you reasonably could expect to be able to do on roads here. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so you know it's 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 that it seems like it's a it's a very versatile bike to me. Yeah, it's it is a capable bike, and if you are a solo rider, then you don't need anything else because it's bringing you joy. True. But one thing, I'll, one thing I'll say though is yeah. be careful. Don't get on a bigger displacement bike because, you know, <laughs> yeah, um, as we know, leader bikes are uh, intoxicating. I think Emma's told me one time, and it's true. <laughs> I mean, they're all great until you get a taste of what you know power can be, and if and it be careful. I've not However, I'm either. gonna I'm gonna throw a wrench into Edward's Edward's uh -oh. little world uh -oh. because <laughs> the Ninja 250 is an amazing little bike. And it does absolutely everything that he says it does. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But the Ninja be. 500 is just a lot better. <laughs> what was that? The EX, EX 500? Mm -hmm. yeah, the until Ninja the 500 is an amazingly capable bike. Well, and like the Ninja 250, it's been around forever. So there, there, was a, there was an EX 500 that had been passed around the vampires and been painted so many times this is the one that megan ended up yeah with. so she sanded it down and went through about eight different layers of paint in different colors <laughs> what i'm saying is it finally ended up with megan mean megan and we did a bunch of work to it we got it ready to go running as it was sitting for a long time give new paint job and everything put it all back together for her and she gets on it for the first time to go ride it i surprised her with it and she gets on and crunch as All it's right. starting. The oh, magnet's no. head came apart in the side of the engine. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, and the wow. And oh. that's a known problem with the EX500. Oh, bummer. Um, so that bike went bye-bye. I'm going to say, yeah, if you're solo riding, you're having fun, it's great. 
But you can have yeah, all- and that's the end of the day because as long as you're having fun on your bike and you love it, yeah. Well, but you know, you can have a lot more fun on. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. That's what I can I have more fun on. In on the <laughs> no, 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 you can't. You actually can't have fun on a KLR six cars. Yes? Is that really? Because everyone's laughing at you. <laughs> That's what makes it even more fun. <laughs> Uh, I like making people laugh. I'm good with that. <laughs> no, I've seen people touring on a Ninja 250. I mean, Alan Smith, a oh, friend yeah. of the garage, yeah. uh, with yeah. his veterized a Ninja 250 right. and setting like well, records we on saw, it. Didn't we see a guy do it on the sheet iron? He did a sheet iron with right. through a street with, with street what? tires. It was yeah. ridiculous. Wow. Yeah, when she put nitrous on it. Wow, <laughs> wow, yeah. that's right. You can do crazy God. things. They are fun. They are capable. Um, there's all sorts of reasons to ride them, but there's also all sorts of reasons to discover. There's so much more out there and I'm not going to convince you to change your bike, but at some point to become an even better rider, I strongly suggest riding more bikes, having more types of riding experiences, do some track, do some dirt, do some touring, do all the things. And that's where you fall short in the Ninja 250 because it's only going to do these things it does well. There's a whole other world out there, as John and Liza. and Jim are uh, discovering. Liza, what? stop upsetting Edward. Oh my god! <laughs> so right now, I mean it. What that means is you get to keep it and buy another one. This is what you convince no, your wife that's of, okay. because the misfit said, "Oh, it's okay to get another bike." N plus one. N plus one. There that's we right. go. And <laughs> being the number you already have. Exactly. Well, the answer. I think that that wraps it up. You guys, what a f- fun show just to top off a great fun weekend. And Michelle, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. And thanks, everybody. It's been a blast. Yeah, it was. Rev sisters in the heist. <laughs> I know, right? Yes, indeed. That's amazing. Um, how long? How long are you Michelle in California for, for Michelle? I think for a week. So I've been here. Good. A couple Come nights. down and see me. Come down and see me in Monterey. I would I'd love, love to show you the new shop. I would love that. Yeah. Um, guess, guess what, Mike? I'll put her on to send her down. Uh, could it be? Could, hang on. The first ring. Yes. Yes. The ninja phone is ringing. It's going to be a KLR six fifty, isn't it? Bing, bing, um, bing, bing, bing. Yeah. <laughs> so, Michelle, what is the name of your hotel, and where is it? And if people want to book a time there. What What do they do? I have the Chalet Motel in Custer, South Dakota. And there's a website for it. I'm open seasonally, so I open mid-May through mid-October. And the website is chaletmotelcuster.com. And yeah, the, you can and look it, on the and website. And it's biker-friendly. It is biker-friendly, yeah. Uh-huh. No hanky-panky, because it ain't that kind of joint. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, no, you can have hanky-panky. You can you you're saying we can roll the bikes into the rooms and then do our hanky-panky? No, 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 no. That's where I draw the line. Hanky-panky's okay, but no bikes in rooms. <laughs> well, how am I going to do hanky-panky <laughs> if it on my bike? <laughs> right. <laughs> 
<laughs> nice. Yes. You do know we're motosexual, right? That I have the t-shirt yeah. to prove it. So yes, I do. <laughs> You've got a t-shirt with I me do. on it. Bro. I do. That is the coolest picture ever. I, and in fact, I walked by a calendar today and I'm like, I have the t-shirt. <laughs> I actually, I, I have a great story. I was actually nice. wearing that t-shirt and I walked into a motorcycle shop huh? and this, this the poor guy behind the counter. He looks at me, and then he looks at the T-shirt, <laughs> and he realizes that it's actually me on the T-shirt. <laughs> and he was so disconcerted about the whole thing. And I'm like, "Yes, I sleep with motorcycles. Do you have a problem with that?" Did, did he pass you the hand sanitizer? <laughs> exactly. That's amazing. And he didn't respect me in the morning either. Oh, no. <laughs> well, nice. Bloody Yamahas. Um, <laughs> Emma, just a reminder have you checked your Ask Miss Emma email recently? No. If, I've been too busy. <laughs> Do I have a new one? I believe you may, or there's one coming in. So give it a check because we've got some some new people have signed up. So a and, big thanks. You know, it's, it's, I, I, I want to have this opportunity. Thank you so much for trusting me to answer your Ask Miss Emma emails. I'm so diligent normally. I am just so overwhelmed and busy right now. I'm building a, a motorcycle shop from scratch. I mean, from scratch. I am just so stupidly busy. It's untrue. I'm stressed. I haven't got enough hours in the day. I'm hemorrhaging money. Emma, simmer down. Simmer down. You're yes. all caught up on emails. I think you're oh, going to be having God. a new one come in because we had some new subscribers. So that's an opportunity to thank all of our Patreon subscribers. Thank you so much uh, for everything you do and, and keeping it going. Uh, I used a little bit of the money. We had charcuterie today at the garage. Yeah. Ooh. Very classy. <laughs> it was gourmet day at the garage. Yeah, I might have to I might have to do charcuterie every week. I like that. Except somebody pronounced it charcuterie or something. <laughs> charcuterie. <laughs> that's, uh, that's what goes on in Michelle's hotel. <laughs> we don't we don't have sharks out there. Well, I just no shark coochie. No I'm just trying to keep up with the Cleveland Moto guys because I know they have uh, charcuterie on the regular. So nice. Um, but yeah, and big thanks to all of our listeners. Keep those emails coming. Give us your questions and uh, let me know. You know what kind of style of bike you want to see, and um, we'll keep you up to date on Moto Town. What's your opening date? Do you think now, Emma? Well, you know, I mean. I'm I'm deep in permit and license land. Yeah. Um, I'm still waiting for my Bureau of Automotive Repair license, which I should be getting this week. And then I do the final submit to the city of Marina, who basically give me permission to um, operate in Marina. And I have to be inspected by the fire department. So um, that'll be fun, having some firemen play around in my knickers. Ooh. And then... Um, <laughs> Can I come down um, that day? <laughs> yeah, no. It's, it, um, so the property is inspected for, for the fire department, which I know it'll pass because it's all metal. Um, and I've just got giant fire extinguishers everywhere. But the police actually do a report of the impact of traffic on Marina, which, again, I should be okay because I'm, I'm the first building in Marina. Hmm. So it's not really encroaching. And then it's just a case of sign the permits. 
Okay. It's a long, that's a long story for a short drink of water. I think mid-May okay. is going to be the official opening date. Okay, well, And there you go. Um, Bohemian Saints going to play the opening gig, so I'm actually getting a band to come and play. We're going to have a big party, and it's going to be brilliant. I'm looking forward to Hello? it. Yep. Oh, <clears throat> I'm looking I had a message. It said, my, yes, um, it, it's going to be very, very good. Cool. Well, I think on that note, I think we're ready to get out of here. Thanks again, everyone. Michelle, you're going to have to figure out how this works. I'm about to say something. Things are going to happen. Um, everyone, when I point at you, it's your time to go. All right, ready? All right, thanks, everyone. This is Liza. Bagel. I'm a darling. I can't tell you. Oh shit, <laughs> Douglas. <laughs> Stubby. Naked dog. Jim. Michelle. And we're out of here. <laughs> oh, cool. Oh.